You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm making my return this week and I'm joined by Chris. Right, Chris? I've got the pies on, it's all good. Hi, <laughs> I'm back. I'm not in the huff anymore. Because, well, to be honest, last week I was a bit in a huff after obviously the, the, the bad result and the news that uh, the Aloha fans are going to get free pies and I think everybody knows that I enjoy a good pie, especially if it's free. <laughs> it's the best fucking kind of price, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, well, I won't go on about that game because we've moved on for the other game, but I, I will say that my pie was rubbish at the indoor drill stadium. It, it tasted like a... What's the ones you get from a supermarket? Is it Bells? Bells, yeah. It tasted like one of those. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind the Bells ones. I mean, it's not the same, but I don't mind them. I, I used to really like them, but I've, the last time I had it, I decided I was never going to do it again because it wasn't that good. And then it wasn't that good at the Indodrill Stadium. Hmm. Aye. But anyway, I'm back... Greg and John are missing. Now, if anyone listens to the podcast regularly, they'll maybe know at this time of year, Greg normally gets his paint pot out and he starts <laughs> painting. And that's that's what he's doing. He's... It's not that, not a euphemism. <laughs> no, no, he really is. He really is a, a painter in his spare time. Uh, I think that's why people call him, uh, liken him to Rolf Harris. It's because <laughs> it's painting. <laughs> I would rather like him with Ian Black because he likes a paint and he likes a bet. So that's that's more like it. Right. He, you're right. He's more that like beats Ian Black. Harris, I tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> he likes he likes to paint. He likes to bet, and and he's not that good at football. <laughs> but I'm back, and I wanted to say, Chris, that you did a good job last week because uh-huh, one thing I liked is you didn't use my catchphrase, my new catchphrase, which is so... When we need to move to a new a new topic, I'm not really sure how to do that without going so... That's because we zigzagged all over the place last week. Aye, that's all right, as long as you cover everything. I think my favourite bit was when I asked about one game and John talked to another. <laughs> you know, not talk about Aberdeen, I think I'd mentioned. What's... So we're talking about Dens Park. <laughs> Aye, but that's all right. That's all right. As long as as long as you get there in the end, I don't think anybody noticed. I'm sure it was under under the radar, even though I've just pointed it out. <laughs> I downloaded it. I enjoyed it. So did they have done it again, Chris? So, right. so, <laughs> so I should put that in the agenda, shouldn't I? After all, <laughs> and then see when I when I try and think about it too much, I end up saying right instead. I've no way of linking without doing one or the other. Without, I, I, I'm too abrupt. Cause I could just start talking about Queen of the South against Rangers, but then I, I feel that awkward. Even there, I, I just found it awkward. But I suppose we should start on Friday night football. Queen of the South seems like a good place to start as any. Friday night, like you say. Queen of the South, aye. I, we'll maybe talk about the, the goings-on during the day after the, after I've had a moan about the actual game itself. Uh, but Queen of South Rangers, 
I knew it was going to be tough coming kind of south, uh, riding high in the table despite getting humped off Hearts. It definitely wasn't a humping on the, the park. Uh, it was just the scoreline suggested that. On the night, there was one team that wanted to play football quite simply and that was not Rangers. Rangers were interested in schoolboy stuff. Hoof the ball up to the big bully centre forward, be that Daly or be that Boyd, and hope to build from there. And it's, it's schoolboy stuff. It's it's just not good enough. Queen of South came and, well, no, it was at their ground. <laughs> Queen of South turned up and they passed it about, quite simply. They wanted to play football. They Even when they were winning... 2-0 near the end, I didn't see a hint of time wasting from them, they wanted to play right to the, the final whistle and uh, I've seen teams wanted time waste in the, the first half against Rangers, but no, they, they wanted to come out and do it the right way and I think I would credit every player on their team, apart from one individual, uh, for doing a, a brilliant job Dowie's the one that I've no time for at all he's, he's a coward what he did to Black, there's there's no place for that mm-hmm. on the pitch. He right. was, I'm I'm going to defend him here because I don't think he did anything wrong. All right, right. Well, the, I, I just sports seen him... scene seemed very quick uh, to point. Well, I say sports scene. The commentary of sports scene seemed very quick to point out the start. It was a deliberate stamp. Now, for what I seen, Ian Black lunged him with a rather poor challenge. Yes, which was, I agree with that. Uh, did the referee give a free kick for it? I don't know. I never even noticed. Hundred percent sure. Right. Leaving that aside. He kind of got tangled up with um, Dewey after that. And I thought Ian Black actually grabbed his leg. So at this point, when somebody's grabbed your leg, it's quite hard to regain your balance. And I thought that's as far as it went. I thought he was trying to regain his balance. And there's no doubt he did put pressure on Ian Black's leg. Whether it's a deliberate stamp, I don't think so. However, the compliance officer may see different. Yep. Oh, if, if if this was me, if I managed to get promoted to be compliance officer, uh, I would definitely do them. I'd do them with the, the rule book, not actually do them in. I'll threaten them with violence. That's a bit harsh. I, I would do them with a game ban. Or two game oh. ban. But I just think... Offer them a kick in outside the back of hand. <laughs> I, I'll take the two matches for Thanks very much. I, I, I just think he was, he was sneaky. Well, the way I see it, I think he was fly. I think he did it. It wasn't really a stamp, was it? Uh, even if he, if he done it deliberately, it was more a stand. He just he just yes, decided it, to put his weight on him. That's the problem I've got with it. Ian Black. He grabbed his leg. I think is the, the, the yep. key difference to me. If Ian Black doesn't grab his leg and he switches uh, the weight to that foot, then I could probably understand that people would be more outraged about it. And uh, like you say, it's a, it's a deliberate stand in that case, as opposed to a stamp. Yes, yes. And uh, Ian Black was slapping his hand on the, the ground. Uh, we've all played football and we've all been in pain and I've never once slapped the ground. Uh, well, I've done it in frustration, I suppose, but I've never done it in pain. It's just not the first thing that comes to mind. It's uh, the tears wiping the tears from my eyes. Never mind slapping the ground like that. So I think the referee sees that and thinks, mm, he's at it here. As he often is. No, it was, the referee was Andrew Dallas. So I've got very little faith in him anyway. He's got a job because his daddy's famous. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not exactly a big fan of his daddy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's not fair. Like, there's a lot of Celtic fans who say that Hugh Dallas was a bad referee. I tend to be one that doesn't. There was one big decision after somebody tried to turn him into a piggy bank one day 
that uh, I'll, I will. I, I, a lot of people would say she's never given that penalty because it was never a penalty. But for me, she's just been pelted by a coin. You do what you want. I, I, but I, I don't. I, I don't think you Dallas was all that bad referee. Aye, I'm probably alone in that one. So it's in that game. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I, in the game, there's nothing really else to talk about. Simonson was uh, pretty poor for the free kick. I thought you. Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't even say that. I thought it was a great no. free kick. I don't think the keeper was saving it. I think it was a good free kick, but see if the keeper's positioned well. I think that's an easy save. I no, think I, we would have a chance at that. that. Nah, I don't think so. I think it all credit to the free kick. For that one, I don't think uh, the keeper's got a chance. He set it too well. The second goal was good because uh, it was good. Uh, it was hit early. I know there was a mistake in the defence, and it's a wee bit of an embarrassing mistake. But I thought the way he hit it was really good, and it's one of those uh, that you always hope for when you have a shot uh, almost off both posts, and then almost, but not quite. <laughs> not quite. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can't really get any more perfect than that, and off the post and. And this was in the opposite corner, so yeah, goodness, I mean, I only seen the highlights because I was, well, I was out on Friday night, so I never seen any football. But um, yeah, I've never seen the highlights. It was Queen of deserved to win, and yep, what I've read on it recently has said exactly the same. So feel credit to them, and that I mean that closes up the gap, doesn't it? That's Queen of South now four points behind Rangers. Yeah, aye, it's it's proven to be pretty tight at the top uh, definitely not what, what most people predicted not, before not at the, the season started <laughs> not at the very top we'll just but call think... it the top it's, it's <laughs> quite near the top yeah it's, 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 it's about as far away from the top as Hamilton off Celtic but yeah, yeah, we'll come to the, the, the Premiership later but um, I mean I think the best result for Rangers at the weekend there was the Hearts game being postponed due to the weather because yes. the, the gap's still single figures even though Hearts have got a game in hand which, oddly, they've rearranged that game for the 23rd of this month. So, Hearts are playing about three ideal. games in a week now. Who's bright idea was that? Ah, it's not ideal at all. You know, Greg was telling me... They play Allo at home on the 20th, and then play Cowdenbeath on the 23rd, and then they play Livingston on the 27th. That's, that's a pretty busy week. I suppose it's, it's technically a free week, but the Christmas period's busy enough as it is, surely. Yeah, I... Greg was saying that there was a, a van on the pitch trying to defrost ice. <laughs> I've seen the picture of it, actually, yeah. It was a nice if... effort, but uh, no, it was never going to happen. Aye. I suppose it's worth a try, isn't it? Especially with uh, so many fans. Hearts have got a, a superb away support, this, especially this season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them will make that wee trip up on the Tuesday night. So that's, that's, it's not too far from Edinburgh, so... Uh, it's certainly doable on a Tuesday night, especially when it's like this close to Christmas. I think that's maybe the only problem. It's, it's maybe too close to Christmas. Yeah. But then if you, I mean, if you haven't done your shopping by the twenty third, you're either already ready or you're waiting to the twenty fourth, like a, a true man. Because <laughs> nobody does any shopping on Christmas Eve, right? Well, well, there, there has been times when I've, I've been doing it on Christmas Eve, but I try and do it online now. Forget, forget all these bloody shops. Shops are old school. It's great. I can get stuff to over to my work. That makes life a lot easier. Aye, aye. That does. I, I can't do that anymore. I, I need to I get it sent to my parents, which is all right. 
it's convenient, but aye, you're the last thing you want is to get it to your house and you're not in and you have to go and chase a card. <laughs> right now, I wanted to stick to the football to start with, Chris. Before we go off at a tangent, we start talking about Adetsu. Did they resign? And they yeah, the match, there's a lot more them. going on at Rangers than there is Aye. just the football, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to discuss some non-football inside of things. Aye. But we'll leave that just now. We'll Aye. come back to it because it's probably... We'll, yes. we'll stick to the football for now. Yeah. So we'll so move on to Saturday then. Saturday. Yeah. And we've got a side who's unbeaten at home. Yeah. Looking like they're going to uh, push uh, at the top of the, the table uh-huh. for as long as possible. Uh, a side that's impressed the, their their manager is a very gracious in defeat. Not that he's not that he loses many matches up against a side Partick Thistle. The the bottom bottom six. I, I can't see them uh, getting any better than that this season. Uh, surely, surely that's a shoo-in. Surely that's the, that's where the smart money is, Chris. That's... You would think. Yeah, like I said, oh, it was a. It was in the charity bet, Inverness. They were on a four. So we, 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 we had faith that Inverness would win at home. Aye. And then they go and happened. get pumped 4-0 off Partick Thistle, who's got their biggest top flight away win in 37 years. <laughs> Aye, it definitely wasn't meant to be that way. No. Uh, it's, it's... Thistle have been a very strange team this season so far. They're kind of wanting to avoid now in the, the, the charity bet. Although... Uh... <laughs> We'll see if that goes later on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, they just seem to be so hit and miss. Like, one day they'll be they'll get gobbed, the next minute they'll go up to Inverness and win four 0 It's just it's almost unheard of. I mean the highlights. It's not as if Inverness is that quite badly, apart from at the back where they were horrendous. Yes, yes. Uh, there was one uh, especially in the, the the keeper almost let it, but I think it went in off the bar. But they keep. Oh, I, I don't like a keeper that doesn't dive, or doesn't jump, doesn't end up in his bum. Do you know what I mean? Just like, I, I just, I want him to do something, even if he knows there's no way he's getting it. I just want him to, like, you know, when they, eh, the ball's going over their head and they and they kind of jump up and there's no need to actually fall on their back, but they do. That's what I want to see a keeper doing. It makes me know. I know for sure they've tried their mo- their best, rather than just standing, putting their hand up in the air. But I was impressed with John Hughes touching it there, how gracious he was and defeat. That's yeah. what I want to hear from a, a manager, something in football. I want to hear that, aye, there was a better team on the day. That's because it happens to everybody. It happens to the, the best teams in the land. There's always a chance that the other team's better and I think it's good to hold your hand up and say, yep, we were beat. Quite simple. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think the only contentious bit of that game was the the goal that was ruled out for Inverness for offside. Yes, I... Another one they discussed in sports scene because a couple of weeks ago that same referee allowed a goal quite similar where it was sat for outside the box was a guy who's in an offside position kind of ducked it the way. Uh, a couple of weeks ago it was allowed and this week it was it was disallowed. And it's, I mean, it's the same referee. I mean, you're looking for consistency. Although, as Maxwell Partalainen pointed out, maybe that same referee has been told that he should have disallowed the goal a few weeks ago and has yes. corrected his mistake. Yes. It's frustrating because you really want the consistency throughout the season. And when it comes to offside, they change it all so often. I would say <laughs> it would be nice to have consistency over seasons, but... It confuses so many people, the offside, though, every year, because they make little tweaks to it. Can we not just go back to simple offside? 
Well, see, I quite like this offside rule, Chris, because um, actually Pat Linen, he, he was talking about how uh, it should be black and white. Well, the rule as it stands now, I think, is, a, is an attempt at putting it that way. Because previously it was, uh, you were interfering with play. Now, it, that had been in place for such a long time that we all kind of knew what that meant. But we were all guessing, really, interfering with play. What does that mean? Does that mean that you sheepishly walk towards your own goal? Uh, or does it mean that you just stop? Or does it mean you can jog alongside the ball? There was all of these grey areas. Now I think it's it's a wee bit more set in stone. There is with decisions like uh, you mentioned there, when somebody ducks out of the way, there still seems to be a wee bit of confusion between the fans and even the referee as to whether that should be given. But the rules are, are fairly clear, in my yeah. opinion. Well, I think the rules are clear. I think it's just when they're applied to reality, there's, 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 it still ends up with big grey areas. I think it's just the nature of the offside rule, to be honest. So every time they try to make it clearer, they just end up making it more muddy. It's it's, it's almost uh, counterintuitive. Yes. It doesn't help when you've got uh, programmes like Sports Scene who, who don't really know the rules. Yeah, They could read help. it out and that, that would tell, I don't know what the viewing figures they get, that would tell a couple of hundred thousand people uh, what the rules are, and hopefully they would remember. But they don't, they, they seem to guess at them at times. There's been a couple of times they've, they've had the rule book out, but not very often. I thought uh, Mixu Pat Linen was pretty good on it. I quite it like seemed, Mixu as a pundit, eh? Yeah, he seemed pretty down to earth, uh, and I do like when there's a wee bit of banter between the two, because it was, uh, they started talking about Motherwell. And Mixu was talking about hopefully they stay up, and uh, Billy Dodds was obviously saying, "I <laughs> hopefully they don't." <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously Billy Dodds is slightly biased. But, uh, I, I yeah, thought I mean, that's good. Yeah, we, we should probably move on to the, the Mullow game then, because that was a, an entertaining game. With probably my favourite thing of the of the weekend was spotting the, uh, the two goals for Ross County came from Tony Dingwall. Yes. <laughs> of Ross County of Dingwall. Yes. That doesn't I... happen often. And, oh, 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 I said from Dingwall. Yeah, I, I didn't realise he was from Dingwall as well. That's just even stranger. Aye, that is. That is <laughs> I was, I dad I, owns a shop, doesn't he? Yeah, it probably does mention something. Like that, yeah. But uh, I was, I, I was looking to see if that happened anywhere else. And there was a guy called Byron Glasgow that played for Reading a few years ago. He now plays like junior football or something, or non-league football in England, something along those lines. Thing he should have been signed for somebody up here, but the only other person I can think of even comes close to that would be Jason Scotland. Jason Scotland, what about Bobby Charlton? Aye, aye, that's a thought, and obviously Jackie as well, his brother. I don't think either of them ever played for Charlton, unfortunately. No, oh, I bet there's loads. Oh, see if you told me this, Chris, I could no, have researched see, it. See, that, this is maybe one we should put out on Twitter for next week, right? That's yeah. it, the SFF podcast Twitter account. Aye, right, that's it. So tweet us any any footballer names that, that are linked with, with, with places, but ideally football teams. So Jason Scotland, that's incl- that's allowed because that's obviously Scotland. Uh, Stephen Ireland, that's allowed because that's Ireland. Um, there must be loads. Right, so that's what I'm on. I'm on to hear a, lots of suggestions on Twitter. Is there a Derbyshire that plays down south? See, that ring, rings a bell. Or is that a, what, a commentator or something? <laughs> I'm starting to think it's a, there's a commentator in the deal five of that name. Is a Maybe. Anyway, I yeah, two, 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 two suggestions, and I'm sure we'll, 
I know we're, we're starting to go off the ball when uh, sports need. <laughs> Take your suggestions, we'll put a team together. <laughs> See, aye, that's it. If only I could uh, hook up my phone to the Skype call, we could have we could have callers on. As long as we don't get the Zoomers that phone up Clyde 1, we'll be uh, all right. See, what, what it is, is this show is, can I talk to you, please? <laughs> oh, that, that makes me laugh, that, that programme. Right, anyway, Motherwell, Ross County. Yeah. The Dingwall. And could be, well, well, it will be Kenny Black's last game. It is, uh, yeah, because uh, Ian Barakoff has taken charge. Uh, as right. of- I suppose today, but he was technically named at the end of last week. Uh, Ian Barakoff, uh, who has never before managed in Scotland, but uh, he has managed Scunthorpe United for a season, where he was an uh, assistant to Nigel Atkins before that. Uh, he was at Sligo Rovers for a couple of years, so he's, he's, he's obviously happy to branch out of England at least. Never played anywhere other than England. But I don't really know too much about him other than that. No, I don't either. See when I heard his name. It's one of those, uh, I just nod sometimes, just to, to pretend that I know what I'm talking about. Just, oh, oh, aye, oh, aye, aye, I know all about him. No, no idea about him. So, yeah, I had to go to Wikipedia and have a wee peek at his stats. Aye. I, I don't know what to expect from him. But what I do think we'll see in the short term is a boost for Motherwell. And that's going to come in the charity bet later on, Chris. Yeah, uh, well, the, the, there's a message for Greg. Saying I'm back in the well. Barakoff says we're winning the league, so we're winning Saturday. Uh, <laughs> he should be doing his painting. I know he's, he's obviously taking a wee break, just to oh. just to join in a, a conversation we had uh, away from the podcast. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> Aye. But um, uh, well, I mean, go back to Dingwall. He took his goals well. He seems to be able to hit the, the ball pretty well. Oh, aye, that's, I mean, the, the first goal was a, a second dig because the keeper uh, saved the first one, but they found a corner with both of them. So, oh, aye. It's the kind play. of thing I do. Like uh, what he did, uh, hit the ball hard, the keeper saves it, hit the ball hard again. But often with me, it's it's just the second one's just pinging away because I, I get too excited. and I just hit, hit it as hard as I can and it just goes flying away. You mean hit the ball, hit the keeper, hit the ball, hit the corner flag? Hit the corner. <laughs> Aye, that, I, that kind of I thing. I can do that, I know. Yeah. I, that's, I'm very similar to a professional footballer when it comes to incidents like that. Just slightly different. Similar, but slightly different. I did just something last week playing football I've seen uh, professionals do. I accidentally scored with a cross. <laughs> did you? Did you claim yeah. it? Oh, I claimed it. Of course I did. <laughs> you claimed them all. I was playing uh, fives last week because I've been out injured for a long time. Playing fives, I scored a, a, a tap-in to pretty much an empty goal. And I celebrated. <laughs> oh, I, 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 you've got to celebrate. <laughs> Especially if you haven't scored in a while. It feels like a, a I, I've had to kick the ball in a while, so I was, I was loving it. I don't think anyone else was, so, because it was just an open goal. And people don't often celebrate in a game of five-a-sides. I like a wee fist clench, at least. <laughs> Aye. That's not a euphemism either, by the way. I actually clench my fist and shake it. Yes. I've got to admit, I didn't watch a lot of the highlights. So beyond the Motherwell game and the Celtic game, I'm a bit lost. So it's, it's going to be over to you. Well, yeah, I mean, the... the 
Uh, well, there was a uh, 2-0 win for Aberdeen at Tannadice. That was uh, another well-deserved victory, actually. I thought um, Aberdeen were, were good for it, although the, the first goal is just a horrendous goalkeeping error. I mean, it's, uh, it becomes a tap-in for Rooney because the, the keeper spoils it. But uh, the, the other goal was well worked, I thought. So. Uh, yeah, Aberdeen were well worth the victory, and I think Jackie McNamara acknowledged that as well. So It wasn't just John Hughes that was uh, coming out and saying so. That uh, his team deserved to lose, and uh, in the Hamilton game it was two 0 pretty quick uh, in in that game. But Dundee kind of fought way back into it. There was a bit of algy bargy at the end when um, Jason Scotland put in a, a tackle at the just at the front of the the Dundee dugout, and um, somebody who had already been booked in the game, one of the subs, I can't remember who it was, ended up getting a second yellow, so they're suspended for Dundee's next game. Um, Harkins, I think it was. So uh, it was. It was. It seemed like a pretty good game with Hamilton, but again, probably deserved the victory. Paul Hartley thought this, the, the, the poor start was what let them down. So um, the other game on the Saturday was Kilmarnock and St Johnson. Um, not a whole lot to say about that, to be honest. It was a penalty, but uh, the sports scene seemed to highlight that maybe the the it shouldn't have been a penalty because the Kilmarnock defender managed to get a touch in the ball before he, he got the the player. So. Maybe yeah. a bit worse, but yeah, it was. I, I think in, in that game, both managers said it was really tight, so it was, it was always going to be something very tight. Like a penalty was going to decide that game. Do you know the, the older I'm getting, the more I, I see these replays and I see the slightest touch, slightest brush of the ball, and I just like that. I just go, come on, how's the referee going to see this? And and there's a lot of times like I've not seen this particular incident, but there's a lot of times that I just think like. The referee's made a mistake. Just let it go. It's, it took us three replays to, to yeah. fully decide. So let's just let it go. They're human. We're human. Just let it go. Yeah, I mean, that this one, I've, you could have spotted it first time, but it, I mean, it took me to the, the, the replay to see it, that the, uh, the boy had got the, the ball first. Because I, I mean, I think I was too busy looking at it thinking the, the, the challenge, but he only got booked for it, but the... The suggestion point was running in was pretty much a through and goal, so he probably should be sent off for it. So I think, well, having given the penalty, he should be sent off, but I think the replay showed it shouldn't have been a penalty. But no, I'm not, you can't criticise a referee if it takes you a replay to see it. Yes, yes. Oh, that reminds me of uh, McGregor uh, during the, the Rangers game when he saved the ball at the edge of the box. Did he show you that in the highlights? Yeah, they, they showed the hand went up to, it led to, to the goal. And then, they, yeah, because it was the, the free kick that got the goal. But um, like they were trying to claim it was going to be a. Uh, he could have been sent off for that. And I'm thinking, how? I think he should have been. Uh, yeah, because I think, the, I think the cross was getting to the, the player. And I think that uh, if he'd controlled it well, he was one on one with the keeper. So Maybe. it has to be an obvious goal scoring opportunity. I think it's certainly a goal scoring opportunity. Whether it's obvious, I think, is up for debate. But but I I wouldn't complain if it was a red card. Fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced 100% on that one, so I think maybe a yellow card was probably enough. But you could say he didn't really stop a goal-scoring opportunity because he scored to the free kick. Yes, yes, <laughs> aye. That kind of makes it harsh, doesn't it? If you send them off for that and then they score anyway. Aye, got the penalty. For, if you give them a penalty and send somebody off for stopping the goal-scoring opportunity and they score the penalty... Yep. Then it's a, the double the double whammy. So the penalty is and uh, very much an obvious goal scoring yeah. opportunity. Yeah. 
So yeah, the, the other game in the, 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 the top flight of the weekend was the, the Celtic game, and uh, unfortunately I didn't quite make it because I was uh, I had family stuff to do. Uh, it was annoying because it moved it to one o'clock again. If it probably had, if it means three o'clock, I could have made the game, but such is life, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it was, it was certainly a, a frantic start. Uh, St Mirren had a great chance to be one 0 up in the opening minute, but uh, I think it was Kenny Milne completely missed the ball. <laughs> You know, uh, he had another chance later on. Yeah. He, he completely missed the ball. It's, that's the kind of thing that we would do, Chris. I, I definitely have done that. Oh, I definitely have done that plenty of times. I swipe at it and miss it. But yeah. I, I thought I thought St Mirren looked pretty good from the yeah, highlights. Yeah, I know I mean, that Dyla was quite uh, positive talking about how it could have been 10, but I thought St Mirren looked good. It took Celtic a while to get going. I think like uh, if Kenny Milne had taken that chance in the first minute, and then after Celtic went 1-0 up through Brown, there was another chance where they had the ball in the net, but it was blatantly offside, and I can't believe they boy passed it in the first place. If, if, they, oh, yes. if they can get the first goal early on, even if Brown equalises, they can get a second goal and take the lead for a second time there and then. They then do get the, the what it was the equaliser in the game, so they had, then that's three decent chances early in the game. Yes, so, They've completely missed the ball for one, played a stupid pass to the offside position in the second one, and then the the, the third one's been actually, has actually been a goal, which I thought was poor defending for Celtic, which uh, pretty much follows on from uh, Celtic in midweek, actually, because we never really mentioned it, but there was that bounce match in the European, uh, the, the Europa League, sorry, where Celtic, yeah, won. No, uh, Celtic lost 4-3. I tend to watch uh, a lot of the games Celtic playing in Europe. Uh, which I don't know if that's usual or not for a Rangers fan, but uh, that was one I just I wasn't interested in because it was uh, there was it was nothing to play for really. So I didn't I didn't watch it. I didn't even really keep up to date with the scoreline. And then I seen the scoreline. I thought, oh wait a minute, I've missed a, a decent game there. Uh, it was a bit of a crazy game to be honest. I mean, the, the, again, the Celtic defending was atrocious at times. But I mean, I don't think the Zagreb defending was too great either because we we got. A goal from a free kick that hit the wall, spun up in the air, and Commons almost missed the header into the net. We then had a second goal from uh, Shepovich, where he it was actually a really, it was a really nice finish actually because the, the ball was heading towards goal, but it was going to be going into the keeper's hands, and he flicked it into the corner. Uh, we then conceded another stupid goal uh, for two each at half time, and then conceded another two stupid goals. For, well. I say stupid goals. The, the, the third and fourth goals for Zagreb were probably decent goals, but the defending again was poor. And then just as you think we might be out of it, we suddenly made a couple of changes and we, we start attacking. Got it back to 4-3. I don't remember us really having a clear chance to make it four each, but I mean, at the end of Zagreb were hanging on. So it was certainly for a game that we had no meaning whatsoever. It was entertaining enough. And Celtic did put out quite a strong lineup. They, they left Brown at home because he was a booking away for getting suspended for the last 32, which we really don't want. Uh, especially after the draw was made today, we've got Inter Milan. So, uh, uh, well, I wanted to, wanted to mention that, uh, and I was going to ask you uh, what term you use, but you've went straight in there with Inter Milan. Because I, I wonder... I've yeah, because always... Internationale is... Uh... Yes, yes. And I have heard that they get annoyed uh, uh, getting called Inter Milan, it's a bit like Eskimos. They hate getting called Eskimos, and but Inter Milan's what I grew up with, yeah. and, and 
I don't know. I just I, I struggle to to move away from that. You've well, got Inter Milan. You've got AC Milan. It's, it's uh, yeah. If you look at the what came out of the draw today, it said FC Internazionale Milano. <laughs> so all we're doing is shorting it to Inter Milan. <laughs> I I think that's all right. I, 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 I guess it gets the SFF seal of approval <laughs> Inter Milan <laughs> so yeah I'm going Inter Milan because that's, that's what I've grown up with and obviously it's ingrained in Celtic history that we've played Inter Milan but the last time we played Inter Milan in Europe was actually 1972 um, where eventually Celtic lost in penalties 5-4 when Dixie Deans plays one over the bar and my dad tells me the joke that year was that the because it was 72, there was men in the moon. And there was the joke was it they got a radio for NASA, tell Dixie we're throwing the ball. I <laughs> see, I think that was I think that was the biggest game that you played them against. Can I think of any other games against Inter Milan that, uh, No, I think I think that's the only one. It's not as if uh, he's going about another game. No, a game five years earlier, maybe. Uh, no, I can't uh, remember that one. It gets mentioned I think it's mentioned occasionally that Celtic won two one in Lisbon. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've actually played them in two friendlies more recently. We played them in Dublin in 2011, and we get gobbed. I think was it two 0 I can't remember the scoreline, but we were just rubbish that day. I was actually there because it was about three weeks after my wedding. <laughs> I went honeymoon, came back, went to Dublin. Perfect. I those days when I could actually do stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, so we went over for that. It was it was good. It was good fun. But uh, we played them again at Celtic Park in 2012, uh, and it was a one each draw. But for what I remember, Celtic played really well that night, uh, or that day, sorry. And it was a late, late equaliser after we'd made about 15 subs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know how Inter are going to be when we play them next year, but certainly they're sitting 12th in Serie A at the moment. They're not, they're not great. No. See, what I think when it comes to European football is becoming slightly less relevant as the years go by. But when I was uh, watching Rangers in Europe, that's the kind of game I wanted. I, I didn't want to get put out by a Diddy team because if we played a Diddy team, they were going to put us out. I wanted to play the, 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 the teams that have got a bit of pedigree about them, the teams that you've grown up not, not supporting, but the teams that you, you've grown up knowing about from the, the Channel 4, eh, for example, when it comes to Italian football, eh, I want to be playing against teams like that. So, for me, that's that's I'd be happy with that, more than happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed playing that number one, I must admit. Um, it's not that long ago they were European champions, remember? Oh, aye, Jose, yep. Uh, Jose Mourinho, that's uh, so a reasonable team. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly not the team that won the the Champions League in was it twenty ten? Twenty ten, yeah. So that's what four. It's gonna be five years since they won it. But uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're still a respected team in, in Italy. They might be sitting twelfth, but they, they finished fifth last season. They've obviously won their uh, Europa League group. So um, it's, it's going to be difficult for Celtic. But on the other hand, if Celtic can organise their defence before we play them in February, there's always a chance. Aye, that was but, a hot topic on the, the phone this evening, Clyde one. Well, if uh, Celtic have got a chance or not? Uh, no, no, not about the, the defence, about oh. uh, Mulgrew possibly moving back to replace uh, Ambrose. 
But it depends what, what Dyla's thinking. He might be looking to strengthen uh, in January. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, January's going to be a big so a big saying how this uh, might actually go. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Inter team at the moment, and I seen it was at STV or BBC. We're trying to make out oh, Inter Milan have got all these big names, household names, and the list of three people that have played in England. Now one of them is the manager Vidic. Yeah, I know him, but I think the other ones were Pablo Osvaldo, who's on loan from Southampton. It's like who? <laughs> And there's not really any standout names. It's not like I say. Jesus, them. I've heard of him. I've heard of Juan Jesus. Aye, <laughs> aye. aye so it's not like it was when it was back in the the Channel Four days. No, no, it's not. Certainly not. But, um, but I don't think Italian football's as strong as it used to be. But having said that, Celtic have never won in Italy, so that's that's going to be the challenge. So I'm, 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 it's something to look forward to, but it's something to park for now because it's another thing that happens in February. We've got, I think we've got four cup games in February now because it's, this is a two-leg game. We've got the Scottish Cup against the Dundee and uh, right at the start of the month is the, the semi-final of the League Cup. So, yes. Is it month? Yes. But yeah, going uh, back to the Summerland game, I liked the, 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 the Forest goal because it was a beautiful flick from Gadetti to Settlement. Uh, Brown obviously got another goal and then St Mirren shot himself in the foot because even at 3-1 St Mirren thought maybe they were doing well hanging on but then they completely made a mess out of the back and Stokes had one on off the post for 4-1 but yeah I think by that point Shepovich missed two or three chances when he came on if anything that's probably the one concern is the fact that he had to come on for Gadetti who went off injured I haven't heard anything since about him so hopefully he's alright Um. Well, hopefully his signing hand is all right as well because uh, his agents are going to be coming through this week from what I've heard. So, <laughs> fingers crossed there. Oh, I think you need to break the bank for him. We'll see. It'd be, it'd be nice if we're going to sign him to get him tied up before we get to January because then he can speak to whoever he wants. Yes. Yeah. Although that doesn't seem to happen as often nowadays with players signing uh, high-profile moves in January for the, the summer. Uh, it was a big thing when the the Bosman rule first came in. Yeah, but uh, you're right. It doesn't, that doesn't happen, happen so yeah. often. It happened a couple of times in in Germany, uh, but but no, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to happen. Now, we, should probably touch, we should probably touch on the fact that St Mirren had to play Celtic without a manager, of course, because the last podcast was done. Tommy Craig was uh, removed of his duties. Chris, oh, it's almost like you spotted my notes. And I, and I was actually going to forget to mention that because I <laughs> he was ditched. Uh, it was pretty clear uh, last weekend that it was going to happen. I don't I think anybody that, would be surprised, were they? Yeah, I think that, that it just shows that a, a wholesale change when a, a manager's removed is, is the way to go. I think uh, promoting from within, uh, there's too much baggage there. I think the, uh, a full change is needed. Uh, Tommy Craig's quite old school I think yeah. I think it's a need a fresh approach now I'll be interested to see what they do but I really hope it's not some other duffer like Kenny Shields or some boring appointment like that I think he's got a job working for the SFA I'm not 100% sure but it's something like head of development uh, based in Stirling I think really? yeah I, Why? Uh, so I don't know if he's available 
I like yeah. him as a pundit. I was, get him on that. Keep him away from actual management. But he talks a lot of sense when he's on. Like, uh, he, I think it was just like sports that used to get him. So, she get him back in that. I quite like that. Oh, he's, he's good banter. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely good banter. Yeah. I think it's time we should go and look at non-football. Because okay, there's loads of go. non-football stuff. Now, some of this is going to be boring. So, we'll skip over it. Because right. this this Rangers situation, it's, it's getting covered left, right and centre. But it's definitely worth mentioning. And I wanted to give my opinion on McCoist. He offered his resignation, or that was the rumour on Friday, prior to the, the game. And I've said for a long time that I hoped that he would step aside when he felt it was in Rangers' best interests. But see, when I heard that before that game on Friday, I was fuming. I just now I know that he he didn't come out and publicly shout to the world and somebody's leaked it somehow. It's got yeah. to the media, but on Friday I was fuming because I was. It's just no way to prepare for a game. The timing of it was terrible. But the, perhaps I overreacted a bit because it, it may not have been his fault. Um, he may have had a private conversation and somebody else may have leaked it. But but anyway, the, the timing was terrible. I think resignation is the right thing to do for him because I think he's he's not able to take the the team in the park anywhere. I, I don't think he has the the tactical knowledge. If he doesn't have a plan B, he has hoofball, and that's it. <laughs> but now, today, it's been confirmed that his resignation is has uh, been accepted. I think that was the what they were confirming, or or that it's um, been handed in. I think they've confirmed that he's resigned because. Yes. You can't really not accept the resignation. It's just, I'm resigning, that's it, I'm out of here. But you do have to work your notice period. Yes. If yeah. you do that. And because he's got that 12-month rolling contract, his notice period is 12 months. Yes, and he's managed to get his wages boosted back up to 750000 And I'd, I'd like to find out, I think Wednesday's the day that we're going to find out exactly what's going to happen. But that doesn't look good to me. See if he's if she's getting seven hundred and fifty thousand for a whole year for doing nothing, which there's a possibility that he gets put on garden and leave. I'll not be happy with him. I'll, he'll definitely not be getting a pint for me. He's getting crossed off my Christmas card list. Because, <laughs> but we'll, but I'll wait and see. Because it, it, well, it I, might be all okay. I I don't know how it works exactly because I don't know the ins and outs. Because obviously the the seven hundred and fifty thousand they're talking about was his original wage when he when he took the job in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I'm aware, that couldn't be changed when they chupid in 2012 to the, the new company, which meant he had to be stuck in 750000 I'm, I'm I'm positive that's the case with Chupid, at least. I think somewhere along the line when he's taking the pay cut, which was that confirmed, that was earlier this year, I believe. When he's taking that pay cut, it's dropped to whatever it dropped to. But because he's now working his notice period, I'm assuming that cut's no longer applicable. Yeah. And that's why his that's why his salary has reverted. It's not as if he's got a pay rise. It's just reverted mm-hmm. to what it, it says in his contract. Yeah. Now it's possible. I mean, it's possible what will happen next is he'll negotiate a, a, a sort of subsection of that seven hundred fifty thousand that he's technically due. But we'd yes. have to work twelve months. For, he'd have to work twelve months for it. Now that's not good for anybody. They could put him in garden and leave and just pay him the seven hundred fifty thousand over the next twelve months. And it, but then he would also have to appoint somebody else and pay them a wage to do the job. Yep. Yep. 
I can imagine it's going to be even more than seven hundred and fifty thousand because it won't just be McCoist. There's a there's a backroom staff there that's going to need either kept on or they'll be replaced as well. Yep. Depending on who 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 comes in next. And there's there is of course the other possibility that McCoist will get a a section of just a lump sum of that to go now. It all depends yeah. on what's possible. Um, certainly, we, we know the finances at Rangers aren't in the best of shape form anyway. Uh, there was it $8 million or something to get to the end of the season that was reported a couple of weeks ago. Yep, yep. Uh, so th- th- there's that already. That, that was just to keep the status quo. So now we're looking at uh, that would be on top of that because with that, or, or a section of that would be on top of that because they still have to employ a new guy. Now, it's possible yes. the new guy come in on a lot less than McCoy's was on even after that cut. Just depends on the thing. Yeah, I think you've done a good job of summarising all the different options, which I think is useful because a lot of people look at this and immediately jump to the conclusion that Rangers cannot afford to uh, remove McCoist from his job as manager, which is possibly correct, but but largely incorrect because they could just send him on garden leave. Mm-hmm. He would be earning what he is now for the next year. The, there would be the increased cost of bringing somebody in to take over the team. So, yeah, there is that increased cost, but the there, 750 another... isn't a lump sum. It doesn't have to be a lump sum, I no. should say. There is another possibility. I mean, that 750000 could be got from another loan, I mean, certainly we've seen Rangers this season taking loans from uh, from Mike Ashley, and there was one of the... Was it towards the end of last season they got a loan as well? So I mean, there's certainly people there willing to loan money to Rangers. It's whether they can get security over certain assets. The run out of assets is a problem because Ashley's currently got security over. Is it Ibrox and Murray Park? He's got assets secured on, or no? It's Albin. Uh, Albin car park. Yeah. The thing with the car park is that a. Uh, to those that don't know it, it seems like it's just a car park, don't don't worry about that but the car park is required to open the club deck it's a yeah. condition on the opening of the club deck so if you have the car park if you own that then effectively you have control over the club deck which has large uh, large numbers of hospitality in there and uh, a lot of the, the higher priced ticketing for standard seats so uh, it's a it's a big big chess piece to own, if you like. Yeah. So that's that, that's the request thing, which is going to develop in the next couple of days. I think yes. they're meeting on Wednesday. The, yeah, the that's board. what I've heard. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll probably see some sort of action taken after that. What it'll be, will depend on what Rangers think their options actually are. They're, they're probably in a better position than we are. Yep. But of course, that's not the only bit of news today because the SFA have. Uh, the compliance officer has uh, cited Rangers and Mike Ashley for breaching FSFA rules with regard to him having Newcastle stake and Rangers stake. Yep, I find this a little strange because as far as I understood it, uh, there are there are rules in place by the, the SFA uh, as to how much you're allowed to own in a club, but should that be company? Don't know. Let's let's edit that out, Chris. Right. <laughs> so how much you're allowed? To... <laughs> They've got rules in place, but as far as I know, it's it's only because they need to uh, give permission. So he's had give, been given permission to have up to ten percent 
of yeah. the Rangers. Now, and he's got 8.29% according yes, now, to uh, BBC. He could be given permission to get more than that. If we're ignoring participation yeah. in European football, because that's something else, that's uh, it's not an issue for Rangers and Newcastle at the moment, but he could be allowed to have a, a bigger stake. But I think the, the issue the SFA have is that they feel that he has a bit more power over Rangers than his 8% suggests, and he hasn't been given permission for that. There's an interesting side point, though, because apparently the SFA have got their rules, and obviously mm-hmm. the UEFA have got their rules. In England, the Premier League don't have any rules in dual ownership, but the Football yep. League do. So if Newcastle were to be relegated from the Premier League, then it would become an issue for new, for the Newcastle side of things. But as it stands, there's no issue with Newcastle. So the only issue is with Rangers at the moment, where the SFA have got the rules. They've obviously granted that 10%, as you say. But I think, was there not a second condition on that? And that's what the problem is, because it's fine that he's got the 8.29%, because it comes within the 10%. But the other condition was the fact that he wasn't to have any influence over the running of the club, and he's appointed two men with, as part of the conditions of that last loan. Oh yes, and I think it's pretty clear to many that follow Scottish football that and follow the Rangers saga that he has a lot of uh, bearing over what's going on at Rangers. It seems to be that it's uh, everything's going through him or Lambias, is, which is uh, one of his men. So it seems clear to me that he's, he's got influence. The SFA, I think they're right to investigate uh, I think that they've had their fingers burnt a little bit with uh, recent history, so I think they're they're playing it safe and they're quite right to do so. I think there's many Rangers fans would welcome this because uh, we're looking for transparency. Uh, we're, we're sick yeah. of the the shysters, and uh, I don't get me started on Craig White. He was in the paper. I, I had to walk away. I, I seen a headline I didn't like, and I walked so away. So you didn't do walking away. <laughs> I've seen people try to claim that uh, Craig White's a victim. In fact, well, there, there was one interesting um, point he made. This is people forget that I'm the only person that hasn't made any money at Rangers in the last few years. And sadly, he's probably right because I don't think he he's probably lost money in the, the the Rangers deal from 2011 to 2012. But I mean, the, the likes of Charles Green certainly. Uh, sitting pretty with some money and I don't think he's the only one that's been involved in the last couple of years that's probably sitting well with a, a stack of cash that had Rangers been run properly in the last couple of years they wouldn't have got hold of. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, oh, I, I, I have no sympathy for him. Well, well, we'll, we'll see over the coming months what happens with, with Craig White and uh, the likes of the, the Duffin Phelps men Yes, that were, that were involved in that because I, I think there's a long way to run in that yet. And hopefully, hopefully the truth will come out, and everybody that's that's involved will be brought to <laughs> justice. Will be brought to bear on them, because there's it's certainly been an, an utter mess the last few years, and, and it's it's not good for Scottish football that one of the, the big clubs is has been taken for such a ride, especially when you consider the size of the fan base. Yes, yes. I... So there's a lot of disillusioned people out there right now. You see, you see how empty Ibrox is getting, and it's having a knock-on effect at Celtic Park as well. Because for all we would love to say, oh, Celtic stand alone, and we don't need Rangers and all that. Well, yeah, okay. There's about twenty-five thousand people at Celtic Park that probably think that way, 
unfortunately, there used to be 45, 50,000 in there every week. Yeah. Yep. Where are they going? Yep, and I just hope that we can reverse that trend because it can be tough because these people are, they'll have found something else to do with their time. A lot yeah. of it is just routine. But we're now hoping that if the things can get sorted at Rangers and they get into the, the, the Premiership, then the, the the rivalry between the Celtic fans and the Rangers fans will be rekindled and that will bring them back. Maybe. But like Maybe. you say, they've yes. taken... Once you get once you get out of the habit, I think Greg's made this point before. Once you get out of the habit, it's very hard to get back in there. Oh yes, yeah. I was speaking to a guy who's a Rangers fan. He said he'd been a season ticket holder for for twelve seasons, and he took the decision not to renew this season. And I'm I'm guessing that that was a, a massive decision for him. Mm-hmm. And he says he says he's not really missing it that much. He, he goes to the other away game, but I can't see him jumping back on. And yet he was uh, twelve years. Season ticket holder. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the other the other uh, interesting thing with Mike Ashley, one what as you were saying, the, the one of the options might be for the SFA to say, okay, well, well now we know what you're doing, we'll agree to X, Y, and Z. And the Telegraph, I've got an article today by Roddy Forsyth hinting at that, suggesting that Mike Ashley might actually get control of Rangers and Newcastle within a few weeks with the approval of the SFA. Uh, the talk is that he might be able to increase his stake to 29.9%. Now, I'm fairly sure that's the, the biggest percentage you can get without having to offer to all shareholders to buy them out, because I think Dermot Desmond went slightly above that and had to get special dispensation from the the AGM not to buy out the re- or not to offer to buy out the, the rest of the shareholders. Right. So, I, I think that's, that's certainly that's another aspect the Rangers will need to keep an eye on over a few weeks, in the coming weeks. But I, I think the, the SFA hearing isn't until the 27th of January, strangely. So there's a, a bit of a wait for that one. Which, yeah, uh, it's, going, it's going to be an interesting week because that's the same week as the, the, the League Cup semi-final. Yes, I still know ticket details. Have you heard anything, Chris? Um, only the allocation, really, which isn't great. No, actually, I think I think we have seen it. I think the, I'm fairly sure... The Celtic website has something along the lines of what the, the our allocation would be, because I remember reading it and it was quite a strange page because at no point did it mention um, the opponent. <laughs> <laughs> it mentioned the League Cup semi-final. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah. I've not heard anything. I did hear folk around me uh, talking about uh, how an email had went out, but I was guessing that that was for those who were on the continuous credit scheme. Yeah, so I've not had an email about buying uh, tickets. No, the only, the only thing that Celtic have decided is how they're going to allocate tickets, and it's going to be allocated to people who were at the the, the Hearts and Partick Thistle game, but they can't guarantee that to everybody. So it's there's going to be a ballot among those that have been at those games. Yeah, but that there isn't any prices or anything, so I think that's probably one to keep an eye on because I'm hoping it's going to be sensible price. Because I mean, if like, the comparison would be the Inter Milan game the same month for us, and we're talking twenty eight pounds for a season ticket, but to get ticket for that, so that's that's pretty reasonable price for a a, a a big opponent like Inter Milan. So it'll be interesting to see how that one's priced. Uh, the the pricing's out. It's from it was decided by the SPFL. Really. Yeah, it was I. It was. Is it between? Is it between twenty-five and thirty-five? Because uh, my understanding was that the the four teams had to uh, come to an agreement. 
with the... Oh, the right, so it's, it's the same across both semi-finals then? Yeah, so they had right, to yeah. agree with uh, how much they could fleece the fans yeah, across the board. Well, so at, least, at, least, at least they had the sensible option and put the Celtic game, uh, the Celtic Rangers game on the Sunday so that they're not dragging the Aberdeen fans for a stupid kick-off time on a Sunday. It's just Unfortunately, a it's Saturday 3 o'clock, so it's not going to tell you. That's what I was going to say. It's just a shame that they've not taken up the option because what what I read was that the BBC did have the option of showing them both on the telly, but they were reluctant to have uh, football on two days in a row. Oh, boo-hoo. Ah, yes. Not as if they've got it every week. Are they kidding? How how many times has the FA Cup been in the BBC this this year already and they haven't even reached the big clubs yet? Yeah. (laughs) People forget about us. Pay service to Scottish football, anyway, dude. Yeah. Aye. Right, we'll move on and we'll, we'll maybe touch on the, the McBookie bet from last weekend. Now, yeah, I, think I wasn't involved. Yeah, Inverness got gobbed, so that gobbed a bit. But uh, they, they weren't the only one because um, Dunfermline also lost the early, which was unheard of. <laughs> so, I mean, Falkirk won and we had the, the other bet we had was Motherwell Russ County over two and a half goals, and that obviously came in because it was two each. So. Yep. But yeah, and then when the, the, the first scorer. First goal scorer was Nicky Law. Yeah. Or Nicholas Law, as it said yeah. on the McBookie <laughs> website. Oh, aye, the Sunday name, I got to go with that. You know, he scored quite a few goals. He might even be top scorer for Rangers, but after we last had him as first scorer, I, th- no, I wouldn't do it again because I, I remember watching the game and just grumbling because he, was never, he wasn't even reaching the edge of the box. So aye, I don't want to pick him again. I don't think it was a bad idea, but after the, the McCoy stuff came out in the, during the day, I was kind of starting to have my doubts. But yeah. Such is the way of things. You can't really legislate for that happening. Ah, oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. At least McCoy won't resign again. <laughs> Aye. We'll do the, the predictions for the games of the weekend before we pick our McBookie bet. Yeah. So on Saturday, first game up is Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. I've got a wee start here. I've seen this in sports scene. Aberdeen in the last six games have won five of them and haven't conceded in any of those five. The only goals they've conceded in the last six games were both the Celtic when they lost 2-1. What was it? Did they say that Rooney's hit the woodwork in each of the last three games? Did they? They said something <laughs> like that in sports scene. I wasn't 100% watching at that point. But they said, I, you know, I should have been paying attention. Of course. I put the ball in it twice so, uh, against Dundee United, so that's pretty good for them. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think the form book's pretty obvious for us. We're Aberdeen are at home. The other team are on form. Come on, look. We're kind of falling away the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm struggling to see another a, a, a 2-0 win for Aberdeen, to be honest. I'm going to go 3-0. Yeah, I would, be, I would be surprised if it's more, but I'm going, I'm going to be conservative and say 2 0. The next game up is Partick Thistle versus Dundee. Now, I was looking at uh, bets for the, the charity bet, and this jumped out at me. Partick Thistle have just come off the back of uh, a humping. Uh, the side that's that was going great guns, especially at home in the league. As as we touched on, as you mentioned, Chris, they're very up and down, but I'm willing to give them a, a go. So Partick, this sort of beat Dundee 2-1. See, 
Dundee are another team that are kind of up and down, but um, I think that second yellow card for Gary Harkins might affect them because he tends to be one of their main sort of players. So yeah, I'm going to back this one. I probably do exactly what you've done and go two one. Ross County against Hamilton. Ross County have moved away for the bottom spot. <laughs> Billy, Billy Dodds is doing cartwheels because they're exactly where they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he worded that, I'm sure. What? Second bottom in the playoff I spot. Second I think they probably want to be third bottom at best. <laughs> or worst, sorry. Oh, I, he described it pretty well when he said it's a, a wee mini league three down the bottom there. It's starting to look that way. I mean, there's an eight-point gap between ninth place this and tenth place Motherwell. Yeah. So, yeah, it's already looking that way. I think Hamilton is going to win this because Hamilton uh, they did have a, a wee bit of a blip, but then uh, they've uh, had two wins in the last three. Uh, they got they got beat off Aberdeen, which Aberdeen's on a decent run. So I'm going to go an away victory, one-two. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, Hamilton are hanging on to the, the coattails there. Um, that's what the week, this weekend's football actually closed things up. Um, Celtic stretched at a six-point lead now, but, I mean, behind them, you've got Inverness in 32, Dunn United and Aberdeen in 31 and Hamilton in 30. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's certainly close there, and, and Hamilton do seem to have got over their nice wee blip. So, yeah, probably 2-1 Hamilton. St. Johnson against Inverness. St. Johnson aren't very high scoring despite going on a, a, a bit of a decent run. They're unbeaten seven or eight, so it's pretty decent, but they're, they're just not really scoring. And Inverness, I think, are, are going to be the opposite after that shake up that John Hughes will no doubt give them. I'm going to go for one, two. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say what I'm copying you in, but yeah, I think I, 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 your logic's spot on there. Like you say, St. Johnson aren't scoring that many. I think Inverness will bounce back. Um, it's whether Inverness will score enough, because I can see St. Johnson scoring, so it's, it's whether I go 2 1 for the Inverness or if I say one each, but yeah, I, I'm maybe Inverness will edge it 2 1. Now, the next game, St. Mirren against Motherwell, it's rubbish against rubbish here but there is a, a wee secret ingredient that Motherwell's got and that's the new manager oh I, yeah I, a new I manager bounce definitely helps yeah. it's whether I, I can't see St Mirren appointing someone before the weekend I can't I see it either interviewed anybody, so. especially if they go the pace Motherwell did that was like three years ago oh, I <laughs> Aye, so I think I think Motherwell are going to get a wee boost I'm going to go 2-0 Again, I'm going to say 2-1 because I, I think St Mirren are capable of scoring against Motherwell and certainly I don't think Motherwell's defence is any great shakes. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I think the new manager bounce might just be enough. Uh, and Motherwell couldn't pick a better team to be playing this weekend, actually, for the, the, the manager's first game. Uh-huh. On Sunday, Dundee United against Celtic. Should be a good game. But I think Dyla. Dyla's got it spot on. Uh, I was hearing that the, the fans are, are singing his name. Now, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a big change. It's been a big change. Fans are fickle. It's one of these things. We're slowly getting to see what Ronnie Dyla's philosophy is. I still don't think they've got the, the right players to do it yet, but the, the players that are there are starting to come around to it now, and it's, it's, it's working well. I mean, the, the last 
I mean, the, the, the game there, we could have scored more than four. <laughs> the game before, we, we only got one against Motherwell, and we could have scored a bucket load in that game as well. We're, we're starting to look like we should be gubbing people. We just haven't quite managed it yet. So it remains to be seen if we will gub somebody anytime soon. But uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, <laughs> I think, unfortunately for Dundee United, they were probably the first to expo- uh, people to see it because we gubbed them six one at Celtic Park. Uh, I don't think I don't, it's going to be that result. No, I, I don't think it'll be anywhere near that. But um, it's Dundee United. I've been a bit hit and miss themselves. We've obviously lost to Aberdeen just at the weekend there, but they they, they edged out Ross County uh, last week. They, they won at Mullerwell as well. They've beaten Kilmarnock. Uh, you know, I'm swithering between 2-1 two or 3-1 to Celtic here. I think I'm going to be bold and go 3-1. Mm, I think the other thing Celtic we've got going for them is we've got a week off finally this is the first midweek I can remember in an absolute age that Celtic haven't had a game so uh, we'll actually be fresh going at this game on Sunday lunchtime um, so if we put the shooting boots on yeah it could be a good game um, I'll, 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 I'll say 3-1 yeah. 3-1 Celtic I don't think our defence is going to keep a clean sheet but 3-1 sounds good to me now, because it's only the two of us, and because you copied me for all of the predictions, pretty much, uh, yeah. pretty much, it's quite, it's quite difficult to spot a pattern that really tells us anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm, maybe we're better looking at my bookie judge. Right. Well, I tell you wins. what I was thinking. Okay, I was thinking Partick Thistle at home to Dundee are eleven to eight. Yeah. So okay. I thought that was a good shout. And then yep. also touched on the new manager boost that Motherwell will undoubtedly, undoubtedly get. And they're 19 to 10 away to St Mirren. That's a tasty double. So that's it's quite a, a straightforward double. That's £68.88 on yeah, that I think, I think we were being quite greedy last week. So I think keeping it to simple, two-team... Double might be the way to go. Right, so the £10 charity bet courtesy of McBookie is Partick Thistle 11 to 8 and Motherwell 19 to 10. Right, I like that. So by yep. the way, the McBookie had another good deal at the weekend there. It was uh, a fiver. Uh, if you bet a fiver on the first scorer, you got £5 back. Which yeah, yeah, I saw that. Really I never actually took advantage of this one, but the, the, they seem to be coming on almost sort of weekly basis at the moment. Now, it's really good. What was really good about this one is it was £5 cash back. So I've got £5 in my account, no promo. Oh, it's actual cash, actually? Yep, it was cash. It's, so, uh, it's pretty good. My bookie are good. Uh, it's, it's normally a, a, a promo. Bet, but I, uh, I that it's good. It's good. I'm going. I'm going to hop back to a conversation we had earlier. Mind I said Greg said the uh, Barakoff said they're winning the league. Well, uh, John's asked that might not happen this season, and Greg says it didn't specify which league right enough. <laughs> <laughs> so point. Well, we might get relegated. Hi, hi. And they could play. I don't know. Hubs, Rangers. <laughs> Next season, championship. Better not be Rangers. Better not be. Uh, it's still the, the Petrofac Cup. Better, I'll go at that. You don't know. 
But that would be, that, be a positive that. if you had to take another season down there, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm, I'm done with the journey. Done with the journey. I want to just get there. <laughs> Are we nearly there yet? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Somebody at Ivrox should hold up that banner saying, Are we nearly there yet? I'm sick of this journey. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, big incentive that. Right, now, this is a hard bit, the, the charity bet, the first scorer. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is where we struggle. We're not picking anybody from Rangers because they're right, going to struggle. Okay. Riley scored at the week uh, on Friday night there, but he got the second goal, so he's a top scorer in the, the championship currently. Buchanan's still on his goal scoring. We're, not touching, we're not touching him, he's away to Hearts. Yeah, so. I definitely like that one. <laughs> Who's scoring for Hearts these days? I mean, Sue's still the top scorer in the league, but I don't really remember him scoring recently. I don't think Hearts are... Billy King must be scoring. Yeah, it's kind of... There's that many people scoring for Hearts at the moment, it's kind of hard to pick one. Uh, I see, I, I struggle. Is Moonga back for Hibs? We're going to be the Rovers. It's a toughie. That is, that is, see, as I'd quite like to see what other uh, options we have in the lower divisions, but the BBC website is having an absolute stinker where you can't link to it at the moment. So I'm going to have to try and guess what the URL is. <laughs> well, Do this and the fly. Well, there if we go. you go to sports slash football slash Scottish League One. Yep. That's, that's that, exactly has everybody got seven goals in that league? <laughs> what's happening with uh, Moffat? Um, what's happened to him? Because uh, he's, he was he was decent. He signed for Dunfermline. Has he been injured? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen him. Ah, but see, he, he was going great guns. It was air, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Actually, he didn't move, did he? Because he's... he's... I have, a, I have a feeling he's moved somewhere. I went to Dunfermline. Yeah. There's no line that goes for them. No, no. Did I read the Air United have let go their manager, actually? Just today? No, I didn't. I didn't read that. I was, I was too much in the huff about the Rangers situation. Oh, no. A lot it's... of things just passed me by. Rangers are dominating the news, so... Uh, yeah, Air United sacked manager Mark Roberts, according to Scotsy. I'm assuming Scotland's got some sort of backing of that. Yeah, news was issued on the, the official club website. At a special convening board meeting today, the club have released Mark Roberts with an immediate effect. Any night they'd be sliding down that deal, right enough. Yeah. That's I'm sitting ninth now. Well, they're in the, the playoff spot. Not they're the playoff lucky. spot they want to be in. They're lucky that Stull and Albion are really rubbish. Yeah. So we've got four for top of that. We'll stand our second, Morton. Third and Dunfermline have slipped to fourth after their defeat. Because I ah, heard he pulled himself out of that playoff spot as far as. Dunfermline are home to Stranra. What about McManus yeah. of Arbroath? Arbroath, McManus. They're at home to Berwick Rangers. First place against sixth place. 
in their home. Yeah. Aye. Uh, why not? I, I thought the problem was McManus and Murray are the kind of top scorers with nine each. <laughs> Both for their bros. And then next it's Lavery or Berwick. Which rather implies Lavery gets Berwick's goals. Right, so what do you think then? I'll let you I'll let you decide. Pick oh, one and if you get the wrong one I'll cast it up. <laughs> right. Here's the real sticky bit. McManus scored twice at the weekend, but Murray mm-hmm. got the first goal. <laughs> so let's switch it. Let's take McManus. If Murray right. got the first goal last week, let's go McManus this week. Right. Michelle McManus to score first. Paul McManus, yeah. <laughs> for our broth. Yeah, and not not the, not the same McManus that plays for Morton because <laughs> there's two. Is Morton's deck like McManus? Is that the the, the guy? No, McManus he still play for Motherwell. Anyway, that's no them anyway because yes, Arbroath's Paul. Arbroath's Paul McManus, not Morton's Declan McManus was right. Right. But we should just stop calling him Declan McManus and give him the name Elvis Costello. Why Elvis Costello? Because that's Elvis Costello's real name, Declan McManus. Is it? Yeah. Well, there you are. Every day's a school day. There you go. No, no, no. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I keep making that joke and nobody seems to get it. No, no, why? Nobody actually knows that fact. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's just got to the end, Chris. Hey. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the podcast tonight a chat having a chat with you. Yeah, it's been good. There's been a lot to talk about. Yes, aye, aye, that's been good. Uh, and well, the charity bit again. Partick Thistle, Motherwell, and McManus for scorer, courtesy of McBookie. So I so thanks for listening, and I'll hopefully speak to you next week. Hopefully, that'll be the the Christmas special, I suppose. Oh, aye, I might get some uh, sleigh bells. If if I can be bothered doing the editing to put the sleigh bells in, I'll be able to do that. <laughs> I'll just, I'll, maybe I'll just steal my, my wee man's tambourine. We'll Live sleigh bells, right, and no editing bells. needed. Right, okay. yep. <laughs> right, you practised during the week. Right, well done. Right, cheers then. <laughs> cheers.